It is with good sense that one may take caution when exploring the lands of the unknown, for it is amongst the wilds that one may find themselves hunted and cornered by the beasts that lay there. But lurking in the wilderness of the Himalayan mountains is said to be a beast unlike any other, a creature that has terrified the human imagination for years and years. Of course, I'm talking about the abominable snowman, the yeti. Whilst the creature has never been found, you'd be surprised at just how much search has gone into finding this elusive monster. The Nazis themselves during Hitler's reign sought to find it in a top secret expedition, and Alexander the Great demanded to fight it when he conquered the Indus Valley in the 4th century. Today though, the Yeti remains to be a folkloric Bigfoot-esque creature that is said to stand over 6 feet tall, and that it roams the Himalayan mountains, prone to do harm upon any who are caught unawares by it. Locals have since claimed that the Yeti prowls the snowy landscape killing indiscriminately, feasting on animals both wild and domesticated, and that should it encounter any party of explorers, it would surely devour them. Locals report hearing the Yeti sound off with terrifying moans, loud whistling, and thunderous bellows. Despite now being considered a legend by the scientific community, there was a time in the early 20th century that the Yeti was once considered to be a very real threat. In the Himalayan region, the Yeti was coined as Meto Kangmi, Meto meaning man bear and Kangmi meaning snowman. It was Colonel Charles Howard Berry who first brought this to Western attention, where he led the British reconnaissance expedition across Mount Everest in 1921. It is here he came across large footprints that he considered at first to be belonging to a wolf, though was baffled by the fact that these tracks were rather like that of a barefooted man. His local guides would tell him that these belonged to the wild man of the snows, or Metokangmi, the man-bear snowman. Upon interviewing the men upon their return from the expedition, Henry Newman, a reporter for the Statesman in Calcutta, mistranslated the meaning of Metokangmi and ended up changing the man-bear snowman to the abominable snowman, which seemed to stick thereafter. Little appears to be known about the Yeti before these events. Some suggest that the Yeti existed as part of pre-Buddhist beliefs of the Himalayan people, and that it was worshipped as a deity of the hunt. Explorers also learned that followers of the Bon religion once believed that the blood of the Yeti had been used in mystical ceremonies. It's understood that the being was depicted as an ape-like creature that wielded a large stone as a weapon. Others might point to the early 4th century, where Alexander the Great invaded India and conquered the Indus Valley. The tales tell us that he had heard stories of the Yeti and demanded to see it for himself, possibly to conquer it, as he was prone to doing. But the locals were unable to provide him with the creature, claiming that the beast could not survive such low altitude. It seems Alexander the Great didn't fancy hiking to hunt for the Yeti himself. Interestingly, Pliny the Elder, a Roman author, wrote in his Naturalis Historia that, in the mountains that lie to the east of India, live creatures that are extremely swift, as they can run on both four feet and two. They have bodies like men, and because of their speed, can only be caught when they are ill or old. By the mid-19th century, sightings of the Yeti had increased. Naturalist Brian Houghton Hodgson claimed to have spotted a tall bipedal creature 
covered with long dark hair in Nepal during the 1830s, but that upon their approach, the creature appeared to scarper in fear. Thinking little of the encounter after some speculation, Hodgson decided that the creature was an orangutan. Interestingly, he noted in his research of the Nepal Valley that at one point, his native companions became startled by the apparition of a wild man, or a demon, and that instead of shooting at it, chose to flee from it instead. They had described it as walking on two legs, possessing no tail, and covered in thick dark hair. William Hugh Knight of the British Royal Society's Club, and one of the best known explorers of Tibet, claimed he had also seen one of these wild men from a fairly close distance in 1888, but for some reason, hadn't mentioned anything at the time. He declared that in light of the many footprints being found and the reported stories of these wild beast men in the mountains, he felt compelled to add his experience. He went on to say that the wild man he had encountered was a little under six foot and was almost naked, despite standing in the bitter cold during the month of November. He had a pale yellow complexion and had hair on his head and his face. He had slightly splayed feet and formidable-looking hands. He maintained a muscular set of arms, thighs and legs, as well as possessing large muscle mass on the back and chest. In his hands appeared to be some sort of primitive bow. British explorer Major Lawrence Waddell reported seeing footprints belonging to the supposed Yeti in 1899. He reported that his guide notified him of a large ape-like creature, that had often been spotted amongst the region of the Himalayas, and that these creatures were highly dangerous and fed on the flesh of humans that they encountered. It was understood that the locals believed that the trail of footprints belonged to wild, hairy men, and that they possessed an incredible roar that could be heard even during a storm. Whilst Waddle quizzed the locals about these mysterious beings, he was never able to find a definitive answer. He began to believe that the locals were not seeing men at all, but instead, bears. Creatures who were obviously dangerous and would fit the profile of being terrifying killers who left large footprints. Accounts during the 20th century only grew more and more mysterious. From strange tracks to unrecognisable footprints, no one was any closer to solving the case of the abominable snowman. In 1925, a photographer of the Royal Geographical Society, N.A. Tombazi, spoke of how he saw a creature near Zemu Glacier in the eastern Himalayas. He wrote that he saw a creature from a distance of two to three hundred yards, walking the way a human being might. He stated that it would stop occasionally to pull at some dwarf bushes and was dark against the snow. As far as he could tell, the creature, whatever it was, wore no clothes. A few hours later, his team descended upon the location and were stunned to find the creature's footprints, those that were similar to that of a man, but six to seven inches longer. A chilling account from the explorer Major Bill Tillman in 1937 is quite profound, where we are told that he and his comrades followed the beast into the eerie glaciers of the unknown, and that he learned that they were considered to be two types of yeti lurking in the wild. He tells us in his diary that, while contouring around the foot of the ridge between these two feeder glaciers, we saw in the snow the tracks of an abominable snowman. They were 8 inches in diameter, 18 inches apart, almost circular, with signs of toe or heel. They were 3 or 4 days old, 
so Milton must have altered the outline. The most remarkable thing was that they were in a straight line, one behind the other, with no stagger, right or left, like a bird's spore. A four-footed animal walking slowly puts its hind foot in the track of its forefoot, but there are always some marks of overlapping, nor are the tracks immediately in front of each other. However many-legged it was, the bird, or beast, was heavy, the tracks being nearly a foot deep. We followed them for a mile when they disappeared on some rock. The tracks came from a glacier pool, where the animal had evidently drunk, and the next day we picked up the same spore on the north side of Snow Lake. The Sherpas judged them to belong to the smaller type of snowman, or yeti as they call them, of which there are apparently two rarities, the smaller, whose spore we were following, which feeds on men, while his larger brother confines himself to a diet of yaks. My remark that no one had been here for 30 years and that he must be devilishly hungry did not amuse the Sherpas as much as expected. The jest was considered ill-timed, as perhaps it was, the three of us standing forlorn and alone in a great expanse of snow, looking at the strange tracks like so many Robertson Crusoe's. By the 1950s, the Yeti fever had spread dramatically, and an influx of large prints in the snow of the Himalayas began to turn up. British explorer Eric Shipton would provide photographs of the prints he had found, and would go on to give a detailed explanation of how he had followed a set of curious footprints in the snow as he and his team ascended Mount Everest. While they only followed the prints for a mile or so, given the heavy equipment they were carrying, Shipton noted that the prints couldn't have been more than 24 hours old, and so whatever had stalked past had done so recently. Furthermore, it appeared that the prints belonged to two different beings, so it would seem that more than one of these yetis were lurking in the vicinity. Shipton's Sherpa guide, Sen Tensing, had also told him that he and a number of others had seen these yetis, or wild men, at a distance of 25 yards and that they were half man and half beast, standing about five feet tall, with pointed heads and reddish brown hair. Shipton noted that he truly believed that Ten Singh believed in what he was saying. In 1954, the Daily Mail conducted a snowman expedition that saw mountaineer John Angelo Jackson photograph and track even more footprints in the snow, some of which were unidentifiable. The team was also credited with discovering hair specimens from what was said to be the scalp of a yeti that was found in a monastery in Nepal. The hairs were black to dark brown and were thoroughly analysed by research teams and while there was no definitive answer as to what the hairs belonged to, it seemed most likely that they belonged to the shoulder of a coarse-haired animal and not the scalp of a yeti. A rather interesting case comes out of the end of the 1950s, where oil businessman Tom Slick, who was invested in finding the Yeti, became aware that the same monastery where the scalp was found was in possession of what was being dubbed as a Yeti hand. A member of Slick's expedition named Peter Byrne visited the monastery and reportedly stole a piece of the artifact after the monks at the monastery refused to allow him to study it. Byrne would later claim he stole bone fragments from the Yeti hand, replaced it with fragments of a human bone, and rewrapped it so as to disguise his theft. Byrne smuggled the bones from Nepal to India, which, funnily enough, somehow ended up with the actor James Stewart, who brought the bones to London in his luggage. 
According to the monks, the story behind the yeti hand and scalp is quite an eerie one, where it's said a monk stumbled into a cave where he sought to meditate, only to find a yeti waiting for him. He fled the scene, but after some years, he returned, only to find that the yeti had died there. He then collected both the hand and the scalp, which is how the monastery came to be in possession of these two potential keys to unlocking the secret behind the abominable snowman. Unfortunately, it turns out that the hand was just as much a dead end as the scalp was, for after testing, it was concluded that the bone fragments were more closely related to Neanderthal man than anything else. Accounts like these would rage on for the next 50 years, most of them being of strange footprints and sightings of ambiguous creatures that prowled along the Himalayas, but nothing concrete. In all that time, no one had been able to provide a detailed convincing Yeti encounter, and no one had been able to capture it either. While the Sherpas seemed to be entirely convinced of the beast and were able to tell some very unnerving and creepy encounters, the reality of finding the Yeti became increasingly far-fetched. By 1983, Himalayan conservationist Daniel C. Taylor and Himalayan natural historian Robert L. Fleming Jr. led an expedition into Nepal's Barn Valley, where yet again, they discovered more footprints, some of which were hominoid in appearance. They also discovered a series of skulls, which brought some promise to the discovery of the Yeti, only to find that these belonged to the Asian black bear. It would be the start of a prominent idea that the Yeti that everyone had been seeing and hearing was an equally ferocious creature, but one we all know and love, the bear. Reports continued well into the 21st century, some as late as 2011, where a conference was held in Russia by a Yeti enthusiast who declared they had almost absolute certain evidence of the Yeti's existence. But this was disproved as an attempt to drum up local tourism. It isn't the first time Russia tried this either, as in the same year in 2011, a hunter claimed a bear-like creature had tried killing his sheep, but after firing a warning shot, the creature scarped off but on two legs. The story was embellished, stating that Border Patrol soldiers caught the hairy two-legged creature and it was actually a female being that bared resemblance to a gorilla. It was later of course disproved as a hoax. But Russia appears to be no stranger to the case of the Yeti. The year was 1959 when nine Russian hikers died in the northern Ural Mountains under what is still uncertain circumstances. It would become to be known as the Dyatlov Pass incident, and has since fascinated the minds of all who hear it, allowing many to postulate a range of different ideas as to what caused the crew's sudden demise. The group were thought to be an experienced bunch of hikers, and understood the dangers of the journey. They established camp on the slopes of the mountainous region, but during the night, something caused the hikers to tear their way out of their tents and flee the campsite all whilst inadequately dressed in the freezing temperature. Three of the bodies found showed signs of physical trauma, and one victim even had their eyes and tongue removed. The investigation would conclude that compelling natural force had taken their lives, but this would of course drum up numerous theories about what could have happened to these unsuspecting hikers. Some suggest that an animal had attacked the group, causing them to flee into the night, or a freak catabatic wind that forced the hikers to leave the scene, or even some kind of military involvement. 
But could this have been the work of some killer Russian yeti that had startled the camp during the night, chased them from their tents, and brutally murdered each one? Some are convinced that it is. As for the Himalayan yeti, some explanations for the sightings include the Lango monkey, which lives at lower altitudes, and therefore more likely to be seen. It has coarse white hair, may be perceived to be walking upright, and you know, kind of does look like a yeti, like a cute little one. The Tibetan blue bear and the Himalayan brown bear are also strong candidates for what people might be seeing instead of the yeti, especially when you consider the size of the footprints it leaves behind. The melting snow might also serve to disfigure these footprints, making for unique looking prints that obviously can't be associated with any other mammal. Another contender is the Asian black bear, which when young spends much of its time in the trees to avoid being attacked by larger males. During this time, the bear develops an outer claw, allowing for an opposable grip, better used for the climbing of trees. When it is old enough to start walking, the paw with the outward claw makes for what looks like a hominoid track, and it's possible that all of the accounts of the yeti footprints are actually belonging to this resourceful little bear. In 2013, a call was put out by scientists from the University of Oxford for samples of all supposed yeti encounters. Astoundingly, one of the samples was from an ancient polar bear jawbone found in Norway and dates back between 40,000 and 120,000 years ago. While there is much doubt that there being polar bears in the Himalayas, it led many to believe that this yeti everyone was reporting was more likely to be that of a bear. Professor Brian Sykes, who worked with the samples, believes that the sample in question may have come from a hybrid species of the brown bear mating with a polar bear. The other samples that were sent into the research team were determined to be that of the Tibetan blue bear, the Asian black bear, and a domesticated dog. There exists a multitude of varying accounts of the yeti throughout history, but still, the lack of hard evidence is quite damning to the abominable snowman's existence. Still, it hasn't deterred some believers, and for them, the fact that the creature hasn't been caught isn't an indication that it doesn't exist, but instead an indication of how elusive the Yeti is, and how rare it could be. Perhaps one day we'll come a step closer to understanding this supposedly violent and dangerous creature that is said to amble its way across the Himalayan landscape, picking on unsuspecting hikers, and striking fear into the hearts of all who cross it.